Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctor in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, we have Dr. Jen Douglas. She is a licensed psychologist and a clinical assistant professor at Stanford University School of Medicine. Dr. Jen helps individuals overcome anxiety, perfectionism, and trauma, which may be holding them back from living their lives in the most full and authentic way. I love that. Her approach <laughs> includes embracing our imperfection to let our true selves thrive in life, work and relationships and motherhood. And she has an e-course and other resources that can be found on her website, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Dr. Jen, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation. I am too. I am too. And if we weren't such good friends, we met through Instagram, <laughs> if anyone um, wants to know. And I would I would probably hire you to be my therapist because I, <laughs> I personally struggle so much with perfectionism and I've learned so much from you. And so that's why I wanted you to be here today to, you know, share your wealth of knowledge with listeners because, um, you know, I think just, you know, perfection has kind of always been part of my life, you know, and mm -hmm. I'll, I can go into that a little bit later, but um, uh, of just, you know, wanting to not necessarily be the best, but to, to show others that I'm worthy. That was kind of my, yes. old, my, my thing, you know? So, um, but I think now, you know, in my personal opinion, you can, you know, share, shed more light on this as we go, but just with social media and things like Pinterest and even Instagram and seeing people's highlights and what the perfect par birthday party looks like and this and that, especially being a mom with so much comparison and competition out there, it's just, uh, I think even more so than it ever has been. So I'm just, I can't wait to dig in. <laughs> I talk about this since I know you specialize in this. And like I said, I, I follow you on Instagram and I, I read what you say about perfectionism and I definitely know I, I, I have it and I want um, for myself and for other listeners out there that also struggle with that um, to help, you know, what we can do to try and maintain it. Because, you know, one of my things I want to ask you later on is, you know, how perfection perfectionism can be passed on um, as a mother to our yes. children. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. I have heard you say that the root of perfectionism is the desire to be accepted. Will you go into a little more detail about that? Absolutely. And so, you know, some people can beat themselves up for developing perfectionism, for having this, you know, real driving force that might take more of their time and more of their lives than they'd like to. But really at the heart of it, it comes from a very innocent place. You know, it, it, perfectionism can often develop when we're quite young. And we're looking for approval of parents, teachers, friends, 
you know, we know from evolutionary psychology that humans are social and pack animals. And it was necessary for our survival for us to be accepted as part of the group, part of the tribe in order to thrive. And so when you think about how our brain works, our brain is very attuned to whether or not the people around us accept us, love us, care for us, will take care of us. And perfectionists tend to be very sensitive to cues from other people. And so we'll be very attuned to whether or not other people think highly of us. Mm-hmm. And so we, we obviously don't have control about what other people think about us. But what we can do is give more, be selfless, work harder, do everything, quote unquote, perfectly in an attempt to assure that we're going to be accepted. Wow. Well, that's basically me in a nutshell. Thank you. <laughs> it's all of us, right? <laughs> well, where does that where does that come from? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Like, what are some either personality characteristics of someone who might develop perfectionism? Or mm-hmm. like you said, does it come more from the acceptance of maybe even young childhood of being accepted by peers and, and their parents and whatnot? Where where does the yeah. kind of the root of it come from? Absolutely. So we we obviously know that some folks are, you know, a bit predisposed to this, you know, perfectionism often shows up in folks who might have a touch of anxiety, especially what we call high functioning anxiety. Um, So anxiety that we might not view from the outside as problematic, we might just view it as high achievement. So we can be sort of biologically pre-wired for that in our brains. But if you look at society in general, and this speaks so well to what you were saying before about social media and how, how all of this has become more prevalent, is that perfectionism gets reinforced, Mm. you know, over and over again, you know, if you're in middle school and you stay up till two in the morning, you know, working on some poster board, and then you win the science fair, your brain says, oh, that worked. Right. Let me do that again. You know, and and the same thing if we stay up late making organic, you know, nut-free cupcakes for our kid, and, you know, the teacher is impressed that we did it from scratch rather than stopping at Safeway on the morning of, right. then all of a sudden we get this gold star, which all of us you know, seek on some level, but with perfectionism, it's when the gold star really starts getting in the way of other things that matter. Right, right. That's a really good point. And you brought up anxiety, and I want to dig into that just a little bit more, in, in more specifically high-functioning anxiety. Um, you know, I, I'm curious what... Um, what about the anxious person turns it into the anxiety turns into perfectionism? How does that happen? Sure. So, you know, anxiety is, is rooted in, you know, fear of things going wrong. And so most people with anxiety have some sort of way of seeking reassurance or seeking control in situations. Now, we know we can't actually be reassured all the time and we can't actually control things all the time. But where we often see, you know, regular, you know, functioning and trying to do well, trying to do our best in life kind of edge into perfectionism is when we are working so hard to try and make sure that nothing goes wrong, that we never, you know, have an off day with our spouse or off day with our children, that, you know, we never do anything imperfectly at work. We're trying to insulate ourselves from any kind of discomfort of imperfection. And that's where you see sort of perfectionism and anxiety really dovetail with each other. Wow. Yeah. No, I I definitely can see that, you know, and, and, you know, I know, like I said, I, I, I've struggled with that. I, you know, probably definitely dates back probably to childhood, you know, which right? <laughs> now, but you know, I've, I've personally have always struggled with that, you know, and I've always kind of played mm-hmm. it off as, oh yeah, I'm a type A personality and I'm, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. perfectionist and, you know, I had to, you know, do something of, you know, with 
500 takes to get the right one just to make sure it looks good on, you know, social media or mm-hmm. whatever, like you said, a, a homework assignment or whatnot. And, you know, I, I definitely have struggled with that. And, you know, there's sometimes I'm, I'm aware of it, you know, so that's good. I have the awareness yeah. that it's there. And like I said, sometimes I play it off like, oh, that's just me, you know, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, which probably isn't a good thing. And you can explain maybe more why. But mm-hmm. other times I, I have this awareness and I think I sometimes don't want to be that way. And it, it just comes yeah. so naturally to me. And I feel like I'm always on like, um, you know, some sort of hamster wheel or, you know, this rat race that I'm continuing to like do more and strive for more and it's not good enough and this and that. So I know something that you've mentioned um, about a treadmill and you can go into more of that mm-hmm. about what that is and maybe how we can step off of it <laughs> and how that's okay. Sure. Sure. Well, and, and before I start talking about the treadmill, one thing that you, you said really, really resonates with, with something you see with perfectionists and, and, and how you spoke about it just is so genuine because it can be part of our personality to do our best and try and take care of those around us and be good at our jobs and all that. The difference in when it, when it tips into sort of problematic perfectionism is when we start doing that and we don't feel like we have a choice. Mm when we feel like we can't go to bed because we're still perfecting the work project, when we feel like we can't let our kids, you know, get messy and play in the dirt because we're worried about what the pictures will look like later that day. It's that absence of choice is usually a sign that the kind of anxiety is getting to us to the point where it really would be helpful to get a few resources and get some help around it. Right. Um, what you're referring to that I often talk about is something that uh, in psychology we call the hedonic treadmill. And what that means is that when uh, often humans think, oh, you know, when I get this next thing, so when I get this job promotion, you know, when I have this, you know, second child, when I get this raise, when I get this new car, when I get this house, then I will be happy. Right. And what we know, and and a friend of mine actually did a beautiful study on this. Um, what we know is that external events actually don't do that much for an individual's state of well-being or happiness. Hmm. So a friend of mine was in an accident and she became um, paralyzed from it. And she ended up in a wheelchair. And she did this beautiful study where she compared folks who were in accidents and ended up paralyzed mm-hmm. to folks who won the lottery. And what she found was that while the folks who were in accidents and ended up in wheelchairs were, you know, fundamentally less satisfied with their life for a brief period afterwards, and the folks who won the lottery were much happier with their life for a brief period afterwards, both groups actually reset to their baseline of what happened before the event, positive or negative, Hmm. after several months. Hmm. Interesting. So it's really internal work. And most of us, I'm I'm, going to go out on a limb and say you've experienced this. I certainly have. We think the next job or the next, you know, achievement or the gold star or the house of the car is going to do it. And then we get there and we don't actually enjoy it. We just have the next goal come up. That's the next level up. Right. And that comes of that continual thriving for more or even thinking the grass is going to be greener. So I know you've talked about a lot in your work, which I I love and I'd love to have you go in a little more detail about it is talking about values and priorities. You know, how do we how do we reset? You know, how do we reset that that strive for thriving and, you know, for more of that perfectionism to going back to those the values and priorities to maybe, you know, stop that um, cycle from continuing. 
Absolutely. So this is my favorite thing to talk about because it's so effective across all these different areas of psychological challenges. But going back to what matters to us, our values, and the kind of life that we actually want to build. So many of us perfectionists who are very used to working very hard to get the thing done. I think every single person who went to grad school is a little too good at delayed gratification, for instance. (laughs) I just think that's in all of our blood. We kind of had to be. Um, But one thing that we realize is usually underneath our thought of, oh, the car, oh, the house, or oh, the job promotion, or oh, the baby, there's some kind of understood, then I will be able to relax. Right. You know, then I can take the foot off the gas, then I will have quote unquote made it. Right. And what I always ask my clients, and, and this comes up a bit in the, um, in the perfectionism course too, is, you know, what would that look like if you had that? What do you picture to be different about your life if you felt satisfied? Hmm. And then people say, oh, I'd spend more time with my family. Oh, I'd go to the beach and I'd read a book. Oh, I wouldn't, you know, worry about getting guac when I was at Chipotle, you know, right. like little, little tiny things that happen throughout our lives. And then we start to really question, wait, you know, do I have to be, keep grinding, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing to get these things that I want in my life? Or can I start spending more time with my family now? Can I start, you know, taking a day off every once in a while when, while my kids are in school just to relax and enjoy and maybe have lunch with a friend without a screaming kid next to me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and so when we stop using achievement as our North Star, but we start using quality of life as our North Star, many times we actually discover that we are much closer to the goals that we have in life than we realize. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm soaking that in. That was really, yeah. that was really powerful. Because, <laughs> you know, when you ask that question, you know, the question that you ask your clients, you know, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to my mind, um, like I said, because this is basically my therapy session. So thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Come> is, <on> <laughs> in. is my life would be less stressed. I think, okay, if I stop, you know, striving for whatever I'm striving for and, you know, you know, you know, like you said, just keep going and going and going, like, what would your life look like? And I was thinking I would be less stressed, like, and I would just enjoy life more instead of trying to manufacture it into a way that I think it should be. I would actually just enjoy it more. And, you know, which means, you know, enjoying and spending more time with my family, you know, and and whatnot. Um, But that's, that's what came to my mind. So, Um, you know, but, but like I said earlier, and I know, you know, you and I are both moms and Mm -hmm. I know we talked about earlier just about, so we're both on social media and I know, you know, Mm -hmm. just like I said, especially, you know, with, with all of it, but you know, the highlight reels and, you know, the, the perfect Pinterest parties and things like that, it feels, (laughs) you know, right. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, you know, and, you know, and sometimes when I even throw a party for my kids, I have that pressure and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, people will say, wow, you went all out. And I, I'm, I almost am embarrassed, but I'll, I take pride mm-hmm. in it. And I also kind of embarrassed thinking, and I joke it off and say, well, I'm just an overachiever, you know, but, yeah. you know, but there's that kind on a serious note, there's that constant feeling, at least for me and not everybody has this of competing and comparing. So how do we, how do you recommend to your clients, other moms and whatnot to, mm-hmm. how do we stay in our own lane? How do we, you know, not yeah. get caught up in, in all of that? Yes. Oh, I so appreciate this question. Okay. I have to answer it in two ways. Okay. <laughs> so the first, the first really helps me because our brains were not designed to have as much comparison as we have access to through social media. Mm. Again, we are pack animals. 
But in the 1950s, you and I would have a couple of girlfriends, our mothers, you know, the local town, maybe, you know, a Sears catalog every once in a while. But that would be our only source of comparison. Right. Now, it can be 6.30 in the morning, our alarm goes off. We open up Instagram and all of a sudden we're seeing like Kim Kardashian's kid's birthday party. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a very unnatural state of being. Yes. <laughs> and and so the reason that I bring this up is so many moms talk about this and they say, oh, I'm so caught up in this. You know, this is a big problem. You know, I'm, I'm kind of overstretching energy wise, money wise, all these different ways. But this is not our fault. Mm. We are getting accosted by this stuff every day. And our brains are designed to look at our peers and look for, you know, advice and how to do things. You know, I'm sure in the 1950s, people looked at each other's strollers and went, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Right. But now we just have infinite sources of comparison all the time. Right. So for anybody out there who feels like, oh, my gosh, how how is this happening? How has this gotten so out of control? You are normal. The world that we are in is not normal. <laughs> yes. I love that. I can agree. Yes. Yes. So that's one piece. And then, and this is my favorite part about the the perfectionism course um, that I have is at the root of all of this is that our brain needs to learn that even if we're not perfect, even if we don't have the Pinterest worthy birthday party, you know, even if we show up at drop off, you know, covered in gold shit goldfish crumbs. Right. (laughs) Not that I've ever done that. That we are worthy and lovable and our families will care about us even without all of that high performance achievement. Right. And nowhere is that more true than in motherhood. Right. And so it's it's showing up in those ways, showing up in those imperfect ways, and then watching our world keep going in meaningful ways, even when we aren't perfect. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, that's just, it, it speaks such, so much truth, you know, especially being mm-hmm. a mom, you know, and, and, you know, you know, for me personally, you know, when I, as a mom, you know, I go out into the world and I, um, you know, my kids are with me and let's say one of them is having a tantrum or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and, and, and my friends, especially, you know, at least the, the friends that I'm, I'm with, you know, on a you know regular basis, know what I do for a living. And they know that I'm a child yes. therapist and <laughs> specialize in things like behavior and things like that. And then if one of my kids acts out, I think, oh no, that's going to look bad <laughs> on me because, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be like this parent, this per- not perfect parent, but you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, has these perfect children who behave well, because that's what I do for a living, you know, as a mom, you know, we talked a little earlier about how perfectionism can be transferred onto our children. And I know as, as parents, Mm -hmm. as a mom myself, you know, I always worry, you know, that I, you know, pass on the good things to my kids, you know? (laughs) And so from your opinion, you know, can perfectionism be passed on to your children, you know, because I, when my kids take a test at school or, you know, do mm-hmm. something, I say, just try your best. You know, I don't expect perfection, you know, perfectionism. I just, just try your best and do your best and have fun. That's what I, that's the message I say to them verbally, but then they watch me, you know, <laughs> struggle with all the things I do in my perfectionism world. So, you know, how, what, I know kids pick up on a lot of things. So in your opinion, how does that work when it comes to transferring to our kids? Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up because we 
you know, we can look back in our own lives and think about messaging that we received either through modeling, like you're saying, you know, many of us had, you know, I'm from the generation of people saying, you know, do your best, you know, the, the outcome doesn't matter. But often, you know, especially in families where this kind of runs, you know, I come from, you know, a high achieving family. And so even if those words are coming out of their mouth, if we see our parents only functioning in these very perfectionistic achievement oriented ways, we still receive that messaging between the lines. Right. And so something that's really big for me, um, and, and this is kind of the mantra that we have around our house, is um, grownups make mistakes. Mm. And so it's about if I spill the milk, if I thought daddy was making dinner, and actually I was supposed to, now we're all have cere- having cereal for dinner, right. you know, and things like that happen, we're, you know, very open that everybody makes mistakes, and that it's not something that we have to get very, very upset about and that other people aren't necessarily disappointed in us even when that happens. Yes. Yes. Because I think it's the the disappointment, possibly the rejection, you know, those yes. types of feelings that that do, you know, burn to the soul sometimes, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's, you know, going into my next question of being good enough. I know I've seen you talk about yes. being good enough and like what that actually means. So if you can go in a little more yes. detail about you know, what does that mean? And again, how how can someone, a perfectionist, a perfectionist, you know, be okay with that? How do they get there? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so when I ask my folks to kind of think about what good enough is, it's sort of like the exercise we did earlier about thinking, you know, how we would feel if we did achieve all the things where often perfectionists never get that far. Right. You know, we're always thinking, oh, well, and then I'll do the next thing and then I'll do the next thing and then I'll do the next thing. But when, when we sit back and think, what is enough? Like if I think about what is enough, I want to be a good psychologist. I want to be a great mom. I want to be a, a long-term only wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and noting that there are going to be a lot of bumps along the way. Um, but this is where it's, it's really nice and we can kind of experiment in our lives. And, you know, it means, okay, if it's my daughter's birthday and we got some store-bought cupcakes and I'm going to spray the kids with a hose in my yard. (laughs) Is that going to be joyful and fun and memorable, just like the Pinterest worthy version of the birthday party? Right. And so, you know, kind of experimenting with that and thinking, well, what does a day at the beach look like? What is just an afternoon sitting around eating popcorn and watching TV look like? And does that bring us joy? Is that enough too? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is a great way to look at it because, you know, I feel like there could and I'm going down a rabbit hole here, which I don't need, we don't need to do, but I was just, <laughs> you said that about, you know, having those uh, like, you know, quote unquote, perfect, you know, days or vacations mm-hmm. or parties or whatever. And there's the, the expectations are so high that if one little thing goes wrong, then devastation can occur. I mean, you yes. know, where the whole vacation's ruined or the whole party's ruined or the whole day is ruined. Um, not because it's ruined, you know, but because there was just there's that pressure and that those expectations that were almost maybe even unachievable, you know, um, which I think sometimes, you know, happens even or has happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's hard. And I think on, on, the, on the flip side is that let's say you do give your kids these extravagant parties every year that they're going to almost become entitled to it or there could be mm-hmm. some entitlement where they feel like mm-hmm. if you just do store-bought cupcakes and a hose in the backyard, 
Um, which to any child, that sounds like a blast. I mean, yeah. my kids would love that, you know, my, I mean, I would, I mean, heck, I would love that too. But, but when we start aiming so high, like I said, that unachievable mm-hmm. level where you aim so high that it is impossible to achieve, you know, in, in reality, that kids might start expecting that and then being entitled to that, where if it is just a hose and cupcakes, you know, they're going to be like, what the heck? Like, well, you know, where's my you know, huge, huge cake with a person coming out of it and, or whatever, you know what I mean? Where's, you know, whatever the case is. So, um, you know, as a parent, I try, like I said, you know, to, to monitor my own sense of perfectionism to make my kids Mm -hmm. the happiest kids on earth to, you know, knowing, well, as a kid, like simple things can be fun and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a struggle. I mean, I feel like it is a struggle, you know, just um, at least for me. And I, like I said, it's, you know, finding that acceptance, which is my last question for you of, you know, what your advice is on how others can find acceptance and let go of, of perfectionism. What would you suggest? So especially if we're speaking to mothers, um, one of my favorite exercises to do is really to think about both from our children's perspective And then from our perspective, if we look back at our memories and what was really, really meaningful to us when we were young, I do not remember perfect birthday parties or, you know, X, Y, Z thing going, you know, tip top according to plan. I remember like my mom who worked a lot of hours when I was a kid falling asleep you know, and me lying my head on her stomach watching The Lion King. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember when I was a kid being yeah. a really, really meaningful day. And thinking about our kids and, and what the really wonderful times that we have with them. And sometimes it's, you know, the big events and the big zoo trip with all their friends and all these things, you know, and sometimes it's the time when they fell in the fish pond at the park. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, when we dig deep to the stuff that matters, you know, the the Pinterest worthy, you know, Instagram birthday parties can be amazing. And there's nothing wrong with them as long as the core of love and care is there. Right. But when we're battling perfectionism, part of what we have to remember is that, you know, the bells and whistles don't have to be there for that core of love and acceptance to be there. Right. Right. And that's so true. And I've I've actually seen, uh, you know, some some posts out there, uh, especially this summer, you know, um, talking about wearing your bathing suit, you know, and your kids don't care what you look like in your bathing suit, just jump in the water and have fun. And Mm -hmm. it really resonated with me of thinking, you know, sometimes we just think about things too much. Um, I'll speak for myself. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but you know, and you think about, oh, well, how do I look in the bathing suit? How am I going to look if I, if I just flop in or, you know, whatever the case is. And again, I mean, the the kids aren't going to care what you, they're not going to remember what you look like in your bathing suit or, you know, what they ate that day for lunch, they're going to remember having fun with you in a pool and having a great summer, you know, um, at the end of the day. And it's just something really good to, to keep in mind, um, of just, yeah, like just letting go, letting go of the inhibitions and just, you know, just being you and going back to the core, look at those values and those priorities and, 
And like you said, just really look into that of, of, of what it means to be good enough, what it means to let go and, you know, enjoy your life and enjoy your kids. Cause as they say, it goes by really quick and so <laughs> I don't quick. want to miss out or even me to miss out on certain things because I'm so tied up in, you know, what it's going to look like or how they're going to feel. And if they're going to think it was the best party ever. And, you know, because it comes mm-hmm. up a place of love, like you said at the beginning, it's kind of more of an innocent place of, yes. I just want my kids to have a really good birthday. I want my kids to have a really good, whatever it is. And I try so hard to get it that it almost messes it up, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but, um, and thank you. All of your tips helped. I have a lot to think about now and I hope everyone who's listening, you know, if they can, um, relate to any of this, I'm sure your tips help too. And I know you have an e-course, a perfectionism e-course that's going to be coming out. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So, the perfectionism course really, you know, goes much more in depth uh, around a lot of the issues that we talked about now. So where perfectionism comes from, you know, whether or not it's, you know, passed on intergenerationally, and then all of these different tools and steps that people can take to learn about how perfectionism shows up in their life. And then if they choose some exercises to battle it and move through it. Um, and the second round of it, I actually added a bonus module on motherhood and perfectionism. So that's part of the e-course this round. I'm super, super excited about it. Uh, And it it really is, you know, like you, the reason that this work is so meaningful to me is I see it in my own life uh, and have really done a lot of my own work on it. And so this is basically what I wish I had 15 years ago. Yes. Saved a lot of time and energy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and that really is the core of why, you know, I do, you know, things like Instagram and, you know, these wonderful podcasts is to get the work out, word out that there, there can be a different approach. Right. And that's what I love about that course. Right. Well, I, I definitely want to be the first one to sign up for your course because I still have a lot to learn. And um, <laughs> I, I love that you have it. Where can people find you? Where can they sign up for the course and where can they find you for more information and for more advice? Sure. So easiest way to find me is on Instagram, um, Dr. Jen Official, Jen with one N, because that's who I am. Uh, <laughs> and then my website is Dr. Jennifer Douglas. And through either of those venues, you can get on the wait list for the course, which is going to open up very, very soon. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jen, for all of your time, your wisdom, your advice. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our conversation today, and I know it's going to help so many people. I'm so glad. This is a wonderful conversation and opportunity. And I just, I just enjoyed talking to you about the real life aspects of all this. <laughs> I think I know mom to mom and just, <laughs> I, I love the work that you do. And I'm just so glad you were able to share it with all of us. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.